The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. This is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for taking the time to view today's broadcast. I want to say happy Resurrection Day and happy Easter. We're in the season where we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen. Every time we approach this season, and really every day of my life, I am just so thankful that God loved me and loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, and he came and lived before us being our perfect example, and then being obedient unto death, dying for us so we can have a relationship with God. So let's celebrate his life today because he lives. Celebrate our life today because we're able to have a relationship with God because of what Jesus did for us. Today I'm beginning a new series of lessons on evangelism. What Jesus died for, we as believers have a responsibility to share that with everyone else. So sit back and enjoy today's lesson, and I know you'll be blessed. God bless you. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. But as soon as somebody else arrives in your space, you're like, why don't you just leave me alone? Why? Because people are, people are present, and people can help you develop if you walk through it properly. Praise the Lord. Now, we are partners of God. We see over in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, in verses 1 through 9, that we are co-laborers with God. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he carries most of it, and we are just able to walk alongside with him, and we are, glory to God, and we are able to do some of the things that he's allowed us to do. So then how do we partner with God? How do we partner with God? Number one, we partner with God through the word of God. We partner with God through the word of God. So when we receive the word of God and we embrace it, we meditate on it, we, uh, we, we begin to do it, then our doing of the word is a display of our partnering with God. And so we partner with him through his word. Secondly, we partner with God through the spirit of God. Because once we were born again, we received the indwelling presence of Holy Spirit and he's there to be our comforter and our guide and to lead us and to, and to teach us and to train us. And so we partner with God because he says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And we understand that there's a spirit man on the inside of us will order us and will direct our steps according to what God wants us to be doing. So number one, we partner with God, uh, God's spirit in us. And then number two, we partner with God's spirit on us because those of us who are baptized with the Holy Spirit, we not only have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we have the Spirit of God on us. And Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come up on you to be a witness unto me. Praise God. And so we partner with that power because he says he put the, the, this, this treasure excuse me, in earthen vessels so that an excellency will not be of man but be of himself. 
And so there's some things that we find ourselves doing that we couldn't do without God. Amen. Are y'all hearing this today? And so we, we, we partner with him uh, with the spirit in us and we partner with him with the spirit on us. And then number three, we partner with God through his will, through the will of God. All right. Now, the will of God is simply what God wants for your life. The will of God is simply what God wants for your life. A lot of people have challenges trying to find out what the will of God is for their life. But the simple this, it's just simply what God wants for your life. And God wants you to be saved. That's the will of God. God wants you to be healed. That's the will of God. God wants you to be prosperous. That's the will of God. God wants you to have good relationships. That's the will of God. God wants you to have a sound mind. That's the will of God. So whatever God wants you to have, that's his will for your life. And so we partner with God by embracing his will for our lives and then, then begin to walk it out. And then God can use us as a display and he can use us as example to show others what his will is. Because some people haven't taken the time to get in the word yet to find out what the will of God is. But we can see it in others. We can see it in, in you and I that when we see the goodness of the Lord, glory to God, and we give God glory and lift him up, the Bible says he'll draw all men unto himself. Amen. Are y'all hearing this today? So we are partners with God. Shout with me this morning and say, I'm a partner with God. And to me, that is just such a great honor and privilege because God could have chosen whoever he wanted to choose. God could have created another, excuse me, created another being to be his partner. But he created you and I to walk alongside of him. He created you and I for him to be in us. Glory to God. He created you and I for him to be up on us, praise God, to partner with him to get his assignment done in the earth. Amen. I don't know about you, that's a privileged place. Amen. That's a privileged place, amen? All right, so today uh, we're going to uh, start a new series and we're going to be on for the next three weeks. But we got to begin to understand or remind ourselves that people are God's most important commodity. Amen. People. Tell your neighbor, say people. people. Not stuff. Now, you don't have to say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> not stuff. <laughs> you know, not awards, not accolades, not how much you can do. It's people. People are God's most important commodity. And God did the most for people than he did for anything else. Y'all hearing this? And so we who are children of God have a responsibility to share the good news and the love of God with all those that we come in contact with, whether it's someone that have already accepted him or someone that has not yet accepted him. It's our responsibility to share God's goodness and God's love with everyone we come in contact with. In other words, we have to begin to think outside of ourselves more and more. Y'all with me? So I'm, I'm going to talk about for the next three weeks, I, I believe, a minimum next three weeks, is I'm going to talk about evangelism. Okay, I, 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 pr I pretty much expected that kind, of that kind of response because I don't believe evangelism is on the forefront of believers' minds and hearts like it should be. You know, we get excited about overflowing abundance. We get excited about the double. We ought to get excited about evangelism because if God's most important commodity is people, and us reaching people, how many know we're going to please God like never before? Amen. And when you begin to think about it, evangelism is at the crux of your overflow. 
Are y'all not getting that? I said evangelism is at the crux of you receiving the overflow. Because when you embrace evangelism properly, you begin to share the love of God and the love of, uh, love of Jesus with people. You begin to share the word of God with people. People will get saved. That's, that's expanding the kingdom of God. But also when you re really embrace evangelism like you're supposed to, you'll be one of the most generous people on the face of the earth. And your generosity then will release some overflow in your life. Because the principle says when you give, it shall be given unto you. Come on, talk to me. So this word evangelism or this teaching on evangelism is designed to set you on the right track this year to, to step right in the middle of this season of overflowing abundance and this season of double. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so evangelism. Uh, now, I had some stats. Um, I don't know if they're still as accurate as um, when I looked them up a few months ago. But they say about one-third of the body of Christ is consistently evangelizing. That's a one out of three. One out of three believers is consistently evangelizing. So that means if we broke this crowd up today, a third of you would be uh, involved in evangelism and two-thirds of you would not be. So if you look at your row, if you had six people on your row, if you had nine people on your row, two of the six would be involved in evan evangelism. Three of the nine, there'll be four or six uh, others that will not be. So when you begin to put it in perspective, we are well below what we should be walking in as it relates to evangelism. Amen. Amen. And there are, so, there are thousands upon thousands and thousands upon thousands of people today that don't know the Lord. And they're right here in Charlottesville. Right here. Right here. In Charlottesville. We don't have to go anywhere except out these doors and find someone that needs to hear the gospel. Are y'all hearing this? So evangelism. So set your heart, man. Don't set your heart. Don't, don't allow your initial response to govern you through this series. See, I'm letting y'all off the hook now. I'm letting y'all off the hook. Yeah, evangelism. Oh. I thought he was going to talk about how I'm going to get my stuff. I mean, I am. <laughs> tell, tell your neighbor, say, he is, he is. He, he's trying to tell you how you're going to get your stuff. Yeah, I know y'all came, what y'all came to receive. Y'all want, want some information on how you can get your what? Stuff. Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. Let's go there. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 11. Let's talk about this evangelism piece. Now, I mentioned on last week, for those of you who were present, that um, the church, FCCI, is going to on purpose, on purpose this year, go after the unchurched and the unsaved like never before. And so, in other words, we're going to fulfill our responsibility for or as it relates to evangelism. So Proverbs 11, verse 30. Say, I am there if you're there. It says, the fruit of, this, uh, fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is what? Wise. He that winneth souls is what? Wise. How many endeavoring to be a wise person? Amen. So the, this scripture says, start winning some souls, and you'll become wise. Y'all seeing that? And then if you, if you search through the scriptures in, uh, in Proverbs, you'll find out that the wise person knows how to increase. Amen. 
So once you become wise, increase is just right around the corner. Y'all with me? So we can really start our uh, embarking on increase by first evangelizing. Okay? All right, let's go to another scripture today and uh, take a look at this one here. Go to 2 Peter, I believe. Praise the Lord. Excuse me. uh, Yeah, put your finger in 2 Peter. Go to 1 Timothy while you're on your way. 1 Timothy 2, and then we'll go over to 2 Peter. 1 Timothy 2. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 1. Let me know when you get there, please. Great. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. How many men? For kings and for all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of, uh, sight of God our Savior. Look at uh, verse number four. Who will have all men? How many men? All. How many? All. all men to be what? Saved. Saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and, man, and men, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So the Bible says in verse 4 that it's God's will for how many men? All All men to be what? Saved. Wow. You found out the will of God here. The will of God is that everybody be saved. Amen. Y'all seeing this? So now, if I'm going to partner with God, remember how we partner with God through the word, through the spirit, and through his will, right? So if I'm going to partner with God and through his will is one way, now I, be, I, get a ch- I get an opportunity now to partner with God through his will of, of having all men be saved. Y'all hearing that? Praise God. Now go to 2 go to, uh, Peter now. 2 Peter. We're just laying a foundation today. All right. 2 Peter. And we're going to look at uh, chapter number three and verse number nine. Second Peter three, nine. Let me know when you're there, please. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. So we've seen two places in Scripture, 1 Timothy and 2 Peter, that clearly tells us that it's God's will for people to be saved. So now if it's God's will for people to be saved, we must play our part to ensure that people at least have an opportunity to hear the gospel and to make a choice to be saved. You hearing that? Go to Romans 10 now. Go to Romans 10. All right. Romans 10. All right. And verse number 13, Romans 10 and verse number 13. Okay, you there? 
Verse 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So Romans lets us know that someone can't believe unless they first hear. And a person can't hear unless somebody is saying something. Now, from what all we read, we got to understand that we partner with God by saying something so people can hear something and then people can believe something. And then once they believe something, then they're in a position to call upon the name of the Lord and then they'll be saved. Glory to God. Amen. So we're going to talk about, again, this evangelism. And I'm believing by the spirit of God that something gets stirred up on the inside of you that just makes you uncomfortable by being silent. Oh, come on now. That makes you uncomfortable when you see somebody that needs to know the Lord that will then compel you to at least pray for them and then compel you to get out of your comfort zone and to share the goodness of God with them. Because I know all, I know all the challenges that have come with evangelism and I'm not going to take time to go over uh, a lot of them, but I know evangelism for some is out of your comfort zone. But you got to understand, how, where would you be if someone remained in their comfort zone and didn't share the goodness of God with you? Somebody had to get out of their comfort zone to preach the gospel to you so you could hear it and then be saved. So I believe it's a selfish disposition to say, I got Jesus and I don't care that you don't. Take your neighbor and say, stick with him now, stick with him. I think it's very selfish uh, that you know that you have a relationship with God and you know how that relationship with God has blessed your life. Why not be bold enough to open your mouth and share that same goodness with somebody else? Good question, isn't it? Good question. And so I'm believing that this word and, and along with Holy Spirit will motivate you and compel you not to be satisfied with being silent any longer. All right. Now, why? Why should we participate in evangelism? What's the why behind this? I, I, I'm getting to a place in my life that I, I, I need to know the why. You know, I remember like uh, uh, at uh, our boys, nine and six, they ask a lot of why questions. Uh, go, go, go do this. Why? And see, my generation. <laughs> okay, anybody, anybody with me? My generation, that was a question of disrespect. <laughs> Don't you be asking me why. You just do what I told you. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> but I think it's important to know the why. <laughs> I think it's important to know the purpose behind this particular thing called evangelism. What's the why behind it? Because if I understood the why a little bit more clearer, it may help me walk it out better. Got it? So why? I have seven, seven components that make up this why we should evangelize. Number one, we should evangelize because God wants to see the world healed and restored. 
God wants to see the world healed and restored. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, check this out, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal your land. So God can only do healing of the land through his people. Come on, talk to me. We think that God can, can just move his hand over, uh, over something and it'll all be straightened out. Not necessarily so. God is sovereign, but he's decided to work his sovereignty through man. So now if man does not choose to participate with the sovereignty of God, then God is no longer able to reach and touch the people that's on the earth. Y'all hearing this? So now we have to position ourselves that God can work through us to touch people and so this land can be healed. Glory to God. Y'all hearing this? The second why is this. Jesus commands and commissions us to evangelize. Jesus commands and commissions us to evangelize. In other words, it's a commandment of God. It is not optional. It's not something that we should be praying about. It should be something that we should receive and say, yes, sir, here am I. Yeah. Oh, I ain't getting no good amen on that. Y'all must be right. I said something that we shouldn't pray about, something that we shouldn't fast about. Come on. I'm going to fast see if the Lord wants me to evangelize. Don't, not necessarily because he does. It's a command of God. And the Bible says, he that loves me, you do my commandments. So now, if he commanded us to evangelize, when I do that, I show my love for God. Y'all hearing that? So it's a command. Take your neighbor and say, it's a command. It's a command. All right. Number three, God desires a relationship with every human being and for all to hear. God desires a relationship with every human being and for all to hear. We looked at those two scriptures already. They say it's the will of God that all be saved and none perish. And so God desires a relationship with every human being on the face of the earth. If you think about the, the, the person that you think is the worst, God still wants a relationship with that person. I mean, the, you can go as far as you want to go. No matter what that person has done, God still wants a relationship with that person because God has the, the, the power of God in relationship with God has the ability to clean that person up and straighten that person out glory to God and they can end up being a great asset to the kingdom of God are y'all hearing this today yeah the Bible says he saves to the uttermost amen just think about your state when, you, when before you met Jesus we ain't, ain't asked no questions but just think about it we all have a story. Amen. Amen. Some more graphic than others, but all is a story. But yet God loved the world so much that he didn't exclude me. He didn't exclude you. And he hadn't excluded anybody else. He wants a relationship with every single person. Are y'all hearing this? Number four, sharing the gospel 
is a powerful way to love people. Sharing the gospel is a powerful way to love people. You know, the Bible says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> you know, the Bible says love your enemies, right? You, you sure you know that? You got to go, go look that up in your concordance. <clears throat> Matthew 5.44 will take care of that for you. Love your enemies. That means the Bible says you, you ought to love those people that you like and you love those people that you don't like. And so what's a real practical way to love someone that you may not like? Share the gospel with them. Oh, I got some work to do. I got some work to do. Yeah. It's a powerful way to show that you love somebody. It's a powerful thing to, to get out your comfort zone, go to a complete stranger, and say, I don't know, I'm just compelled to the Lord just to share with you that God is good and that Jesus loves you and he, and he has a plan for your life, for you to have a better life than you already have, uh, already experiencing. That, that's, that's a powerful way to tell a person, I love you. And we got to get out of the place of just sharing, I love you in word. We have to do it in deed. Amen. In other words, we got to walk it out. We got to walk it out. Y'all hearing this? Praise God. Number five, number five. The future of unbelievers matters to God. The future of unbelievers matters to God. I mean, though, God does not want anyone to perish. And so a the future of all of us matters to God. Yes, the Bible says that, uh, that God has an expected end for us. He has good, good thoughts towards us, and that's primarily talking to those who are walking with him. But he has an expected end for everybody on the face of this earth. He has an expected end for that person that don't yet know him. Glory to God, because their destiny matters to God. Amen. Okay? Number six, God is passionate about our personal growth. God is passionate about our personal growth. What does personal growth have to do with evangelism? Personal growth has to do with evangelism because when you step out of your comfort zone and when you begin to share the gospel, that activity will help you grow. It'll help you become more confident in the word because I've seen it time and time again in my life and in other people's testimony that when they step out and share the word of God, God comes and confirms that word with signs following, which would then increase the confidence that person has in God. Now, if God did it for them, he would do it for me. Praise God. And how many know, have you ever been to a place where you just embarked and stepped out on faith and was talking to someone and you didn't have a clue what to say to them, but all of a sudden you knew exactly what to say and it all came out right and you said all the scriptures, all the scriptures correctly? You know who was helping you? God was. And afterwards, you like, glory to God. That was awesome. And then you try to do it again and can't remember nothing. Because, because God anointed you for that particular assignment. <laughs> because he wanted to reach that person. Amen. Faith Christian Center International and the Life of Faith broadcast has gone global. With new media outlets such as a free mobile app, Apple iTunes podcasting, a 24-7 internet TV network, 
Google TV, and Roku TV channel. The Life of Faith broadcast now reaches over 150 million homes globally with God's Word and God's love. Take advantage of these new media outlets at your own convenience, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and enjoy the teaching ministry of Dr. Wayne A. Fry. More choices anytime. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.